podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to part two of this Foot Pitch Notes read-through with added guests. We have with us the same guests who went through part one, so I'll keep the introductions brief. Hello, Air Japes. Hello, Ben. Good to have you. And we have Josh Excels as well. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. And Richard Buckley as well. Hello. Hello, Ben. Uh, good to have you all back. And we continue with our pitch note read-through and we're going to dive into, I guess, smaller bits of this, which I think actually should be quite handy and uh, things people will like. And then we'll talk probably a bit at the end about the modes like champs, rivals, and I guess friendlies as well, which hasn't really been mentioned at all in this pitch note, as you'll see. Right, let's dive into uh, objectives first of all. Objectives is one of the most popular and engaging features of Ultimate Team, and we wanted to freshen it up for EA Sports FC 24. With all of the great content in Ultimate Team, it can sometimes be hard to find what's right for you. Objective groups will now be organized across multiple tabs, so you can find, play, and manage your progress easier. While our objectives can be extremely fun, how we present them in the past could feel a bit dry. Some objective groups will now have themed backgrounds, so the energy and personality of our campaigns can really shine through. Uh, Richard, did you see that Phil Foden concept for an objective look pretty cool? I think that's what they're talking about, right? Yes, I did see that. Uh, to be honest, I don't really do objectives. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll do the ones like right at the start of the game with the, the big pack rewards to get a head start but I know that for a lot of people out there objectives are a massive grind and part of the game for me personally like it's just something that I feel like I'm going out of my way to do and unless mm. I feel like the reward is worthwhile doing um, I don't particularly get involved with it but I do have to say that the objectives the ones that they showed like visually they look very pleasing yeah yeah I agree you know, I'm kind of similar in a way and I think Japes you're not too dissimilar either in terms of being uh... not the biggest fan of objectives but how would i how would i describe i feel nothing for objectives like if i <laughs> mm. see something for if I, there's a player that i like in objectives then i have no problem participating in them but i don't seek to i have no completionist like pull in me to go mm. just do them for the sake of doing them yeah and with the change to this XP format that they've done for tokens, I guess maybe I've engaged with that side of things a bit more this cycle because it, I think, is a better system than the token system and I've kind of liked that. But then in general, I'm not sure it was the presentation of the objectives which was the pain point in a way. I think it's just like what it's asking me to do isn't really what I tend to like doing in the game. So I would avoid it. But Josh, I guess, you know, for those of us who aren't that committed to it, I know you're a bit more probably committed to objectives. They have added a claim all button so you can claim all rewards from one group. The claim all button is, uh, is, is definitely something that's been needed for three years, <laughs> like two years since we started getting these big batches mm. of objectives. Um, it's not claim all objectives. It's claim all objectives within the group of objectives you're looking at. So you can't just go into the objective screen mm. and claim from every single group. There's a there's a new, like if you go online, you can see the visual um, where they show you that it's kind of like tabs now of objectives, kind of like we have this year with objectives, milestones and foundations, but they've split it out even further now into more sections. And so 
I, I hope it will be like you can claim all the objectives from a tab and not from like stadium items two and then you have to go to stadium items mm. three. So it's definitely a quality of life upgrade. Definitely something that will shave hours off the starting of accounts. But um, it, yeah, there's there's there could have been a little bit kinder with it. Yeah, I can kind of see why they've done it like this because obviously I guess you could avoid redeeming certain things if you don't want to redeem them at that point, but they probably should have just done a claim everything option as well. Would have been nice. Uh, but I guess it is definitely an improvement. Um, and talking of, we move on to the next section, which is just community improvements. I think you probably could have put claim all in that category. Um, but they've said, it's important for us to dedicate time to tackle some of the most requested quality of life changes and improvements. Please keep sharing your feedback with us. It's very much appreciated. Um, one of the things, I guess I'm kind of including it here because... It is sort of something that people have been asking for, even though they didn't actually put it in the section. And that is the new walkout or reveal animation when you open packs. You might not be the biggest on uh, objectives, Richard, but I know you're big on opening packs. So uh, did that look good? The way that it revealed, it's a bit slower and it shows the position, nation, league. People can watch the video. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's almost back to what we had, what, FIFA 17, was it? Where we would yeah. see the... The tunnel. No, even before that, where like... From the stadium, like the flags came down, and you got the badge, oh, yeah, the yeah, stamp, yeah. the stamp, the stamp. It reminded me of that. I like that. I think keeping things fresh. Like we had the tunnel for a little bit, and then we had what we've had this year and last year. I think just making it look different is is good. Like packs are a huge part of the game. Everything is revolved around opening packs at some point. So to mm. uh, to make it a bit more of an enjoyable watch. And I mean, you never know. You might get a double walkout. You might get a eighty-six Verratti yeah. with a Mbappe behind it. Like it could, uh, yeah. you could have some great moments with that. Yeah. Did you see that, Japes? The double walkout. I have not. Oh, yeah. So there's like a an animation where it shows you. Well, actually, how does it do the reveal of the players? It it goes through twice. Doesn't I think it? it does one player and then turns turns around. I I think they confused us a little bit because just before. It, they showed us like a screen where it was like you had two walkout animations happening at the same time. And that might be how they do it. Mm. But when they then showed you the double walkout, it was as if you'd seen one player and then the like badge turned around to sh- uh, the, the card like turned around to show you the other player. Which is much better, right? You want it to be a surprise, I guess, that yeah. the second player is coming out, I would say. Yeah. It was like Howland and Son like doing kickups together. They were the two players that <laughs> yeah. had like walked out. So. And then Harlan just punts it away and Son just goes off to it, go yeah. and fetch it and Harlan just stands there like <laughs> proud of himself. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's nice to see anything that has a bit more fun and, and also builds on something that's been exciting for players, that second top player in their pack, I guess. Uh, let's move on to something that's somewhat similar, uh, the item design. And this is by far the biggest change we've ever had to the player item, as EA would call it. So let me read what they've said. Obviously, do go check it out yourself. By changing the information architecture on the items, we created 30% more space for the athletes' photos and dynamic images. All items in the game have had their shapes changed to a new, wider version. The player item face view has significant changes to the layout, with more room for the player portrait and background art moving the club and nation crest to the bottom of the item, as well as introducing the league crest on items, attributes on a single line, and adding the first owner status, which is the little one under the chemistry style in a triangle. Um, We've also got special item enhancements. For our special slash inform item shells, we have made some enhancements to make them stand out more, like expanding on embellishments and having the art breakout of the shells 
we already have our breaking out of the shells kind of, but they're talking about dynamic images actually there, I think. Uh, animated backgrounds. For a select few of our item shells, we're introducing new, exciting, customized animations that bring the art to life. People may have seen the Nike animated background, which is cool. Uh, anything that people want to say about this? Uh, Jake, so actually, I don't think we've heard your thoughts on this. What, what do you think of the new design? Ben, I got to be honest with you. I don't really care about the design. <laughs> Good. I'm glad someone says it. There's, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who just don't there are care. A lot of, yeah, I mean, there like there's a whole sub community of people that love like mocking up stuff like this too. And I just don't care because I have no impact on it. It's going to be what it is. And it has a 1% less than 1% impact on my level of enjoyment for the game. Yeah. I think the thing that I do think that is good is that it will show the PlayStyles Plus. We talked about that earlier on the last podcast. Kind of nice. I think bringing more information to the card is a good thing. The first own thing, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, Richard, but I think it's a nice flex showing that you've got a player first owner, right, to other people. Yeah. um, I, I think for for me, like if there's one area of Ultimate Team for the last like two, three years that just haven't missed, it's the item design graphics people. So like you do whatever you want to do, like make the items look <laughs> however you want to look. I'm sure they'll look great. I'm sure I'll have like sparklers coming off them in November <laughs> and Christmas hats in December and it's going to look incredible whatever happens. But um, yeah, I think that sort of side of it, if, for me, as long as they look good, like I, I trust that you're going to produce really good stuff. Yeah, I was chatting to the man responsible actually at the uh, EAFC launch event, and uh, he was rightly kind of getting showered with praise by anyone who realised what he did on the game, and it's been very popular. I think he put the starting point of this era of card designs as when he was doing the Ultimate Scream ones with the uh, Moon. People might remember, uh, but Josh, anything to add on this? I think the biggest thing to remember is the base item design is is important for about a month because mm. once you get past kind of six weeks into the game, half of your team isn't going to be a base gold item anyway. But I do like the idea of kind of making... I think the biggest things with cards has been, yeah, the designs have been great, but people love dynamic images, wait for dy dynamic images to be added to the card. And, you know, this year we had the World Cup and you had all of the players holding the World Cup up on each of the Argentinian dynamic images. And that was, I don't know, it was a cool thing. And if they build on that, I just think it will add a little bit of, I think it's building towards animated dynamic images on cards, not just mm. the card itself. You know, I imagine we might get to a point where you'll have a player like celebrating as the dynamic image and that seems to be what they're building towards and i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of all for it to be honest mm. and i just echo what richard said which is the the what did, what did they call them it wasn't card design it was the case or something like that, that they, what, item shell item shell the item shell design team have been absolutely on yeah, fire yeah. for about 24 <laughs> months um let's move on to some actually practical useful stuff things that james i think you probably maybe get excited about this, right? Um, to make squad building even easier, we've completely removed the position modifier consumable. Yes, absolute yes. I feel like I, I want to say just like finally, but also I understand why now you're introducing all these women's gold cards into packs. Something's going to have to be removed from packs if you're making a more player-centric 
this is like a natural pain point for the community. Mm-hmm. There's like a hundred percent probability that we that nobody looks back and is like, oh, you know what I really miss? Position change <laughs> modifiers. Yeah, and actually. I should fill in a bit more context before people think that you just can't change a player's position. As it says after that, it says you can now seamlessly move player items around the squad and the player will automatically start contributing chemistry in their primary and alternate positions, which actually sounds a bit unclear, but basically you move a player to a position, if they can be changed to that position, they will change that position automatically when you put them in that position. Simple. It makes it so much easier to see if you're going to get chemistry doing a certain formation change or whatever, when you can just freely change players between their alternate and primary positions. So yeah, and then the final line is the change is also available in SBC's ultimate team draft, which is obviously massive for draft, offering more flexibility and making building your squads easier than ever. Uh, I think that's pretty straightforward, but anything Rich and Josh from, from either of you? Even though we didn't necessarily get any specific draft changes, this as you said, I have to double down. It's huge for draft. The amount of times I got a centre forward formation and got three strikers and I couldn't like get my players in that I wanted to get in. Now, all those strikers that have got centre forward, I'm loving life. So uh, I think it is, it's very, very good. Yeah. Another really popular change, which is uh, really good, is... Uh, we've made sure to hide those lone players when you're squad building in SBCs, which just makes so much sense. Obviously, you can't even submit them into SBCs. They take up space, make it harder for you to add players. A great change, which is very simple. It doesn't say that there's an option to hide those players, though, when you're just like squad building normally outside of SBCs, which would be kind of nice. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, we're changing the way position searches work in your club. The default position search will include both primary and alternate positions, making squad building easier. If you want, you can also narrow down the search to only focus on primary positions. Please note that the combined search will only work in your club. Transfer market search will continue to focus on primary positions only, eh, which is a bit of a shame, but you know, again, it's an improvement. Right, anything else before we move on to icons? One thing, the only negative I can see about the removal of position modifiers, and I think it's massively outweighed by the ease with which you can now build your squad, is that when you're opening a pack that has consumables, you now have something less that would sell. You know, it used to be that you could have squad fitnesses that would sell for a thousand to two thousand coins. Position mm-hmm. modifiers, when they were the specific positions, cam to center mids were five k, that kind of stuff. Even this year at points, position modifiers have been up to kind of three, four k. So it's given you an ability to get some more coins back from your packs, removing them and as long as they're kind of replaced with um, more players in the packs, I'm all for it, but the likelihood is they'll be replaced with more stadium items. And so it's kind of a little bit of a negative for pack return on that front. But as I say, I think it's massively outweighed by the benefits. Yeah, yeah. But I guess they can always make things discard for a bit like they do with stadium items, right? Because what rare stadium items discard for like 400 and something coins, which isn't exactly that Yeah, it's like 450 coins, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right, let's move into icon changes. Both chemistry and versions uh, we'll be looking at here. So from launch, icons will have a single base version to be aligned with heroes and regular player items. We will capture the eras and stories of these legendary players by continuing to release additional campaign versions of heroes and icons throughout the year. 
Also, we are excited for our debut class of EA Sports FC women's icons and heroes celebrating the pioneers who shaped the game as we know it, featuring legends such as Mia Hamm, heroes such as Sonia Bonpastor and Alex Scott, the two heroes we covered in that hero podcast we did. Um, so in terms of that change to make it so that there aren't three different versions, I guess, that we know are coming, base, mid and prime, and just having a base and then campaign items, it makes sense, Japes, but there's a little part of me that likes uh, all these different position changes they go through and stuff. And if you think about campaign icons, they didn't actually release that many last cycle. Yeah, I'm, I will say I prefer this, um, assuming mm. that they make sure more icons see like special cards. Yeah. I, I think that's like the only caveat, but I. Like generally speaking, we've had the stale sort of babe, like base, mid, prime for ages now. And this is like, we're going to just, it seemed to me like when I looked at him, it was like, we're going to take one that we think best represents what this player was during their career, right? Because it like the Hullet card looked like it was 90 rated, I think. So Definitely not his like 86 baby version. They've picked one. I think on Ryu looked like he was 91 from the picture. So not the baby versions, just taking one from that seems to be representative somewhat of what their their like best version or not their best version, but what they perhaps most likely would have been rated in a version of FC. Nailed it that time. <laughs> and I'm here for the special cards. Like for me, when I think about like fandom and how it goes into the game, like I'm, I'm all for special moments that that player had throughout their career. Cause oftentimes, you know, many of these players were even, even before me by like quite some time or in the, the prime of their careers. And I, I maybe don't know all of these moments. And so it gives me an opportunity to learn more about them. And uh, I think it's really, really cool. And, it gives a lot more flexibility for the content team to properly associate mm. them with or let them define the power curve. And I think that's important uh, yeah. because you're not beholden to a baby mid prime with specific rating release. You can adjust accordingly as you go. I echo the, that as well. I think it's it's nice just having that base version and... There's obviously the issue with they're slightly less accessible, but I just imagine the player pick, the icon picks that we get will start including campaign icons as we go throughout the year, kind of like they have done this year. Um, and, you know, to bring them in line with heroes, just it just seems to make a lot of sense. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think the, the old icon way was like, it ran its course for the simple fact that mm. there was so many, if you think right now, in FIFA 23, even at the start of the game, there are so many base and mid icons that you wouldn't touch ever. Whereas now, mm. theoretically, given what we sort of saw a little bit, I think they probably go for FIFA 23's mid as the base, in my head. Mm. I can see Zidane probably being 93, Honoree 91, Hull 90, and that sort of lines up with where their mid icon was. Theoretically, like every icon should at least out of the box, be decent, like pretty good now. You're not going to be upset packing an icon. Whereas like, I mean, I remember first like week of FIFA 23, I packed base Hadji. Now I'm like, I've packed a player that could be coming out as like an 88, 89 rated player. 
that is just so much better than what it previously was. I think you, you're starting to get a little bit more excitement for icons again, which we've not had apart from like the top 1% of icons in a long time. Yeah. Let's move ourselves on to the final point about icons. We've mentioned this on the podcast before, um, but in EA Sports FC24, each icon in your squad will now give an additional chemistry contribution to every league that's represented in your squad. If you add two icons, that's two chemistry contributions, guaranteeing at least one chemistry point for each league, because obviously you include the player that you're getting chemistry on, so that's three. This league contribution is in addition to the nation chemistry that currently exists, which is a plus two to the nation. So it's a really significant change for icons. It puts them back on top as probably the best chemistry tool that you can have, especially when you can buy multiple of them. And Josh, we were having a think about this and it really opens up some nice squad building combinations people probably haven't even thought about. Yeah, I mean, this is going to get a little bit complicated it gets very very wordy when you start talking about links but the simplest way to think about it is you can now have if if in your squad of 11 players you have one icon and then you have five lots of two players from a club and five lots of two nations so every player has a nation link and every player has a club link it doesn't have to be perfect they don't have to doesn't have to be the club and nation be the same but if you have all of that in a squad everybody gets full chemistry because they have two league chemistry. They already have a chemistry point from their nation, a chemistry point from their club. And then the icon adds that final league chemistry dot to give them the, the third bit of chemistry. And I like that's the kind of most extreme version of it where you, you're kind of properly trying to get everybody on full chem and you've got five different leagues and five different nations. But there's even kind of more simpler bits where it's like, if you have two players from different clubs, but the same nation and league, so two French players from La Liga, and you put the icon in and have a manager from the same nation and they have the icon and manager from the same nation, they're now on three chemistry. And they weren't this year. They would have still only been on two chemistry because you'd have just got the two nation points and not the the league chemistry but now because of that extra bit with the icon it just adds so many extra parts to it let's say okay you've got the you've got a french icon and a french manager and two french players from the same league that's great if you add in a third player who's french but not from that league all you need is the manager to match up with their league and now that player's on full chem as well so there's just going to be so like I, i i think it won't kind of hit early when people don't have icons Mm. but the moment you can get an icon in your team the squad building opportunities to get everybody on three chemistry just goes to like a ridiculous level and once you start getting two or three in it's going to be so easy to get full chemistry it's going to be ridiculous and just to kind of distill it down i think what makes it so powerful is that it is quite common because of the fact that you theoretically and actually there is a mistake I think in the pitch notes which suggests this isn't the case but I'm pretty sure it still will be as it was last year you need two players from the same club to get that chemistry point two players from the same nation to get that chemistry point and so the icon can fill in I mean a bit like a manager does for that third league chemistry point but obviously they apply to every player on the pitch so uh, I think that was a good example you gave me Josh which 
kind of simplifies all this actually to some extent. Yeah, so if you get like Mbappe and Renato Sanchez in your squad, they'll only get one chemistry together because they play for the same club. But if you then put in Rafa Varane and Bruno Fernandes, they will get one chemistry for playing for the same club. But Rafa Varane's French and Mbappe's French, so you get the extra bit of chemistry there. And uh, you've got the two Portuguese in Bruno Fernandes and Renato Sanchez. So they're now on two chemistry. If you add in the icon, he gives the third chem dot to each of those. Uh, he gives a third league chemistry dot to each of those players. So now all five of the players now on full chemistry, despite only having one player from their club and one player from their nation, it just, it adds that it's, it's kind of a really, it's the, the distilled way of looking at it. It's just, it gives mm. you that extra little kick of chemistry that, it will make icons the most desirable cards again, I think. So are you guys assuming we're going to just see two icons in everybody's team? Yeah, potentially. I don't know if two is going to make a massive difference. I think it will be one or it will be three or four. I think two, you don't quite get the extra chemistry boost that you need. You then need, I think, uh, four players from a league to get the second league chemistry dot. So I think it will be a case of you'll either just have one that helps a bunch of players out and and have like, you know, a Premier League spine maybe, but then a few players that get helped by the icon. Or it'll be like three icons and a bunch of players from loads of different leagues, but have like nation links. Yeah, it's an interesting one as well, because I know we were talking about how icons are going to be stronger because of the new a system of having campaign icons and then base icons. But actually... I'm not sure that's necessarily going to be completely the case because they do need to balance things, not have loads of really powerful cards out from the start. But this does mean that they will always have utility. And if you pack one untradeable, they're going to be somewhat useful or very useful for chemistry, which is pretty nice. And it's going to be interesting to see how they're valued on the market because it might take people a little while to twig how good they are for chemistry. Uh, let's move on to this section, which is item improvements. Did you pack a cool kit or a TIFO? You can now manually equip customization items directly from the new item screen. Equipped customization items will automatically take the next available slot in your stadium. If none are available, an already equipped customization item will be replaced. Did you open a pack with a lot of untradeable duplicate player items? You can now swap them in bulk with their tradable versions in your club. It's not quite duplicate storage, but I guess it's a slight improvement for now. Last but not least, you can find your favorite lengthy players easier than ever with the introduction of acceleration types in the player bio. Uh, we talked about Accelerate 2.0 on previous podcasts, so you can listen to that if you would like. But if we move into the next section, which is new menus, we've streamlined the navigation in Ultimate Team to get you where you need to be faster than ever. With the help of the quick switcher, you can seamlessly jump between squad, transfer market, objectives, and your favorite game mode and other areas in Ultimate Team. Now, hard to explain people will see this at some point and get it fairly quickly i think but it does allow you to go from sub menu to sub menu which is a huge improvement if it all works as we imagine it should now let's move on to the final thing which is squad battles and it says here the feedback from the community regarding squad battles is that the matches feel too long six minutes per half too long to be precise <laughs> Uh, we are happy to announce that in EA Sports FC 24, we are reducing the length of each half from six minutes to four minutes so you can make the most out of each time you pick up the controller. And no disrespect, of course, to those who do enjoy squad battles. That's totally fine. And uh, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it isn't, though, you know, if you enjoy it and want it to be a more realistic experience. It's better for those who maybe want to dip in and complete some objectives, but it isn't really their thing. 
Um, but yeah, interested to hear some feedback from committed score battles fans. And in fact, interested in any comments on any of this, you can get in touch via at footweeklypod, footweekly at mail.com, pod priority questions channel in the supported Discord, and any other way. For now, we're going to take a break and we'll be back to talk about a few things that haven't been mentioned at all in this, really, which is rivals and champs. We'll catch you again in just a moment. Hello, listeners. In this break, it's worth me mentioning that there have been two main feed episodes this week which means next week there'll be two supporter episodes so if you'd like to catch them you know perhaps consider becoming a supporter as i always say just three pounds a month and you get double the podcast content and you get those extra podcasts into a podcast feed just for you uh, which has the main feed episodes ad free as well so if you'd like to do that then just search support for weekly it's very quick and easy to sign up and I should also say the week after that, I'm moving back to the UK. So we'll be very busy and there probably won't be, unfortunately, a podcast that week. But there should be one very shortly after that. And uh, I'll either see you next week if you do end up deciding to support or in the near future. Let's jump back into the podcast with part two. Hello, welcome back after the break. Now, we don't have a huge amount of time left. We may cover this in future anyway, but did want to talk about champs and rivals or the sort of mode structures. I guess that could include like moments, draft, etc. But primarily those two, which are, I guess, the fundamental pillars for us committed players. And the fact that they didn't really get much other than a very brief mention because of other things. And I know this is something, Richard, you were particularly surprised by or, or I guess disappointed by. Yeah, Ben, I think for me, the way that I sort of consume ultimate team, play ultimate team, like foot champs is a very integral part for me. And I think it is for a lot of other people as well. It, it feels a little bit disappointing that he didn't even get sort of like even a, a mention, even a, a point of we'll see you in foot champs or anything, just everything that we've sort of spoke about there. A lot of it, other than I would say play styles, which is like a very fundamental, this is this will impact your gameplay. The ultimate team rivals champs changes is nothing. I would have liked to see something change, even if it's uh, the pack rewards in champs or the way that division rivals is set up. Mm. It's like the saying nothing to me implies uh like we don't we don't love that we're keeping it the same. Every year they should be tweaking rewards associated with these game modes. I don't see any reason not to. Like especially something like draft. In fact, I would like to have seen something like draft streaks where if you win multiple drafts in a row, your rewards get better and better and better. How cool would that be? Uh, or maybe even you can risk your rewards. So if you win the first game, you get a reward, which you can then put on the line. And if you win the next match, your reward is improved. And potentially you could combine that with the pink slips idea so that your team is constantly improving, but the risk is getting more and more as you rack up wins and i guess it could kind of go on indefinitely which would be pretty amazing content to watch actually seeing top players try and do that now we should go back into talking rivals and champs while it's unlikely we see any changes to the structure of the modes because it hasn't been mentioned here it's possible we see changes to the rewards because that's something they wouldn't necessarily say at this point and could change close to launch and we still have that foot content team pitch note to come so we'll have to wait and see on that, but still worthy of discussion. And Richard, I'm keen to hear what you think would improve it, what you'd like to see. I think for people who play a lot of FIFA, especially in Rivals, I would like to be rewarded more for playing more games. 
you get a cap of wins. You can play more, but you're just going to cycle up divisions. I would like there to be more incentive of winning more games, especially when you're up in like the elite division, for example. There's no real incentive to want to win more than seven, which sort of then throughout the rest of the week, what do I do, if that makes sense? I think champs is a weird one because back in sort of the the previous FIFAs, there was a real uh, need almost to be good in champs because that's where you generated a lot of the coins to play the game from. Mm. Foot champs should be a, a real sort of instrumental part of the game, but a lot of the reason I want to play FIFA is sort of that, that foot champs and wanting to get a rank and feel sort of success where almost all of the people that close friends, people who play ultimate team, like somewhat casuals who would have previously in FIFA played champs and gone through and got to whatever rank it would have been this year. It's just like, Oh, well I don't need to do that because rewards are bad or there's better ways of, I I would just like sort of champs being the pinnacle again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that needs to come down to. I don't know what the fundamental thing is, but it doesn't feel important in ultimate team. Whereas in previous FIFAs and previous Mm. cycles, like it's been the be all and end all. Yeah. The problem for me is that in terms of what you quote unquote have to do, because I know you don't have to do anything, but it's the eight wins in rivals. It's, what, four or five wins to qualify. And then, I mean, what do you really need in champs? If you want to, like, test yourself, then you can try and get 19, 20 wins. But if you're just going for the rewards, it's nine or 11 wins. So in a week, to really, like, do everything you need to do, it's just over 20 games. And for a lot of people, that's all they could really play. And I understand why it's built that way. I just hope that they manage to make it so that you are rewarded for playing more than those 23, 25 games, you know, of which you're going to get, or, or 23, 25 wins, of which you get however many rage quits, you know, games that don't go the full distance. I just hope that they find a way, kind of like Jake was saying about a secondary champs, where it's just, it's not a casual mode because it's what you get to when you finish champs or when you've got your eight wins, but it's like a, a space between friendlies and champs that isn't div rivals where it's like you can build fun teams you take it in it's kind of competitive and the more you play the more rewards you get even if it's not huge and i really hope that evolutions is going to be the beginning of that where there is something to work towards and it rewards you for playing more games but i think it from a gameplay perspective from the stuff they haven't spoken about that that I think is the biggest problem is is giving people to a reason to play beyond their twenty three wins to thirty wins whatever they get in a week. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I like. I try to not let myself drift too much into like what could be. I find them to be designed, perhaps designed, or I end up feeling like they're pretty robotic during the week. I should play like a certain amount of rivals to get rewards on the weekend. I should play champs to get rewards. And I don't often end up feeling like it's a, you know, choose your own path per se. I feel like everybody's kind of on autopilot with it. It's kind of a weird one because I find myself being like, the current way the modes are set up is like better than like the OG ways so much more casual 
like I don't care if I lose like any of it. Like I, you know, I just like play for fun, but I, I would prefer to see modes a little bit more, more aspects into like ultimate team. I want to feel more inspired to build different squads because the friendlies is not, it's just like not it for like, it's just not that fun. But on the flip side, maybe friendlies isn't that fun because I feel like I'm going out and spending a bunch of coins for a limited period of time or like payoff. And so maybe that's not necessarily worth it. I'd have to give it like a lot more thought. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was a big question and a big area of potential change for the game. And I am pretty confident it will change in the next like year or two or cycle or two because it tends to. And it'd be interesting to talk about at length. And as you say, this isn't really enough time or maybe preparation for us to speak about it at length, but we should try and do that before 24 rolls around. And if listeners have any thoughts on this, then you know, do send those thoughts in because very interested to hear them. What I would say on this myself though actually is that I don't think it's necessarily the structure of the modes that's the issue, but more how it's been done in terms of rewards perhaps and the tiers of reward as well in champs but specifically rivals it's just kind of mad that they thought that it would work to have the same rivals rewards on day one as day 364 or whatever (laughs) because there's such a huge inflation in rewards as the cycle goes on that it just can't compete and rivals has just fallen by the wayside nobody's interested by maybe even four months after launch And there's so much you can earn through friendlies, through those cups that they've done. And those are obviously tied to your rivals matchmaking. So by progressing in rivals, you're hurting your chances of facing easier players, basically, in friendlies. So it's a very weird setup that ends up meaning that people are much more inclined to play for pack rewards in friendlies by the last six months of the cycle than play and compete anywhere else. And I also think that a big issue is there isn't that edge to a lot of the matches. And it sounds weird because I know that's something that people sometimes don't like, but I think that we have to appreciate that actually the competitiveness of the previous champ system was a positive and it was something that motivated people to play, that gave you an incentive beyond just rewards, which is always good, to push to that next level because you felt a sense of accomplishment doing that. Whereas now with the mess of matchmaking in champs because of the fact that quitting is so incentivized because so many very good players just get to 11 wins and stop playing giveaway wins, it doesn't work as a competitive mode and rivals doesn't really for the reasons mentioned either. So there needs to be a change to probably the ranks in champs to incentivize people not to quit. And I think just overall, there needs to be a bit of an overhaul in terms of rewards. I think it should be a reward for every champs placement. Yeah. If we've only got 20 games, we should have 20 different sets of rewards. I don't think that's that hard of a thing to do. Like rank 20 to rank one and every single win means something. The amount of times people get to 11 wins with seven games remaining and they just throw every game away because they don't want to carry on because they don't see the the grind worth the, 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 the hassle of the games worth the reward. If every rank then meant something better, everyone would, well, I would say 80% of the players would finish 20 games of champs. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder whether there might be a way of making champs rewards more resistant to reward inflation through the cycle as well. And yes, you can improve them as you go, but 
red picks are such a great, unique reward for the mode. Maybe just leading into that and saying, right, there's a couple of extra red pick options, as in players in your red picks, for every win you get in champs would be a way of improving those red pick options while also incentivizing people to get that next win. Mm. And yes, red picks need improving, right? And the argument is always to put promo players in there. And I think we're almost at the point where it's probably going to need to happen unless Team of the Week sees a massive improvement for 24. But I just feel like there are ways to improve the rewards there, which reflect the fact that it's meant to be that prestige competition. I think we've got to get away from stopping the best players from getting legitimately the best rewards because that's the way the game works currently like i'm not the best player but i don't care if somebody gets 20 and 0 they should be getting the best things in the game because guess what they're a good enough player to already have all those things anyway yeah very true and actually i'm sure the discussion will continue on the podcast at a future date but as i said a few times in this podcast in the meantime if you have any thoughts do send them in and in fact you could send them direct to our guests if you like you can find josh here on twitter if josh you'd like to tell people where exactly that is yeah so uh josh xls josh xls underscore on twitter um I'm, I'm active pretty much every day so uh so yeah just if you if you have any comments or questions or want to tell me my ball knowledge is terrible then just do that because i'll be <laughs> i'll be putting up my premier league prediction soon mm, there you go and richard buckley as well thank you very much for coming on i guess you'll probably you know be streaming a bit at the start of the game and people may want to catch you on twitter as well thank you as always for the invite yes you can find me on all socials at buckley 98 and i'll be opening a few packs around the uh, fc launch so if you want to see that uh buckley 98 on twitch great and finally thank you very much to japes great to have you back on cheers it has been a lovely little chat with these fine folks and plenty of things to think about heading into the new game. And, you know, a lot of, I would say, generally speaking, there's a lot of like positives to take from this. And that said, we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. Exactly. And you'll be able to hear how it plays out on the Foot Weekly podcast. So do subscribe via the various different podcast platforms on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And of course, if you're listening on YouTube, then do subscribe, drop a comment, leave a like, that sort of thing definitely helps. And if you want extra podcast content, including actually both podcasts next week, because both the podcasts this week are on the main feed, then do become a supporter. It's just £3 a month and you get double the podcast content. It'll also be keeping the podcast going and a huge thank you to all those supporters for keeping the Foot Weekly Podcast weekly. And a big thank you too to those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA Player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Kirky87, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, J Kel, Ibis24, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. 
Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.